Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Our guest today lives in Greenville, South Carolina, with his wife of 20 years and his four children. He is the founder and owner of Upstate Merchant Advocates, SNS Certifications, and Liberty Networking. He is the definition of a go-getter and serial entrepreneur. In addition, he is passionate about the success of South Carolina and the success of America. He is a connector, a patriot, and a fan of Christian heavy metal bands. Welcome to the show, my new friend, Jimmy Sorrells. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Thank you. By the way, did I pronounce your last name right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. You got it, man. I am always so so weird about, like, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing people's names right. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm the same. So listen, man, you started a lot of successful businesses. How did your journey into entrepreneurship begin? I got laid off. (laughs) (laughs) hey that's a good story that's a lot of people that's how it happens absolutely man so i I was i've done a i've probably had a a good about 20 different jobs over my career so i've done a lot a lot of different things a lot of experiences and i worked for kellogg the cereal company for a decade and uh, 2019 they laid almost everybody off wow and i said well you know i got kids and a family to support and i don't want to go through that again so at that time, I started looking at all kinds of opportunities. Um, I was calling franchises, trying to you know see what kind of businesses I could start, all this. And in the meantime, I took a sales job. And so I was there for about a year and a half to really figure out where I was going to land. And I came across uh, Merchant Services uh, through a mutual friend uh, that lives in Charleston. And he and he and his dad had started um, Lego Business Group, and that's what really got me into it. So I, I just started asking him a lot of questions, and and decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And it was two reasons: one, you didn't have to have any capital, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, number two is you get to control your schedule. And mm-hmm. you know, so that that was kind of my defining things for that. So. I turn in my two week notice on a Friday. This would have been March uh, 2020. And that Monday I came in and started to work my two week notice. And and the boss man said, go ahead and go home because everything's shutting down. And I said, well, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes here, but whatever, I know what I'm going to be doing. So, but it literally everything shut down that week (laughs) that I started my business. Um, Oh, wow. Because of the pandemic. And yep. So it was just, it was just that timing and Hey, I was, I was just going to move forward, you know? Um, so I never, I've never went out and looked for a job since then and things haven't been easy. I mean, still aren't easy. Um, but so I basically, in, in kind of my, my journey there, I went from a pretty decent salary, 401k insurance, all that benefits to, uh, just a straight commission job. Yeah, I'm doing sales over the phone, which me being in office all day is, is not for me. Uh, and then I went to when I started Merchant Services, literally zero, like nothing. And yeah. so I had to start building my book of business. 
And what I did was I, I would go to a different city every day and just walk in and hand out flyers for uh, I, I was that whole first year. I specifically targeted online ordering and delivery for restaurants. That's all I focused on. And yeah, I was wondering, first, like what how, how you did that in the midst of like the pandemic going on at the very beginning. I just I just walked in and yeah. they wouldn't. Have, so I, I personally I chose not to wear a, um, a face covering. Uh, mask. And so if they did not allow me in, I just, I just went to the next one yeah. and, and I just continued. So my, my very first one was a, a Mexican restaurant in uh, Williamson, South Carolina, and they're still my customer. And from that one customer, I got about six to eight other ones because uh, they're all family or connected and friends. And it, it was, it was awesome. And actually, uh, so, you know, we can talk about later, but the SNS certifications that I started, I'm in partner with that first guy that I met. Yeah. So it was just that turned out to be a really cool story. Isn't it funny how when you get out there and you just start doing stuff and just start taking some action that good things start to happen? And it's almost like you increase your luck. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. I don't I don't I don't believe in luck, but, you know, we're preparedness and luck opportunity meet. They call sure. that luck. But, yeah, uh, I wasn't going to get that account sitting at home. Right. And then from there, like, how did, uh, cause that's, that was your first upstate merchant advocates and, yeah. uh, and that's, that's starting to take off. What happens next? Like, how does, how does this Liberty networking come into play? Yeah. So, um, I had, so I started that, um, merchant services there and then a couple months, about two months later, I joined a local network organization, really didn't know much about networking, but that's where I started making connections. I got, you know, some merchant services accounts through that and some made some really good friends who are still friends of these to this day. But being around those certain friends really taught me how to network properly. The organization taught me what networking was, but they told me how to do it properly. Yeah. And so I, I was in that um, organization for about a year. And so I was actually in about five local network or four local network groups. And then I co-hosted an online networking organization. For a year wow. um, for the site. So networking was a big way for you to grow your business then back Absolutely. then. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I really, I really latched on and learned to be in, be in it for the long haul, meaning building the relationships because the referrals become more authentic and real as opposed to uh, what, what we call the shotgun effect where you just throwing stuff out there. If you be the sniper effect and you yeah. partner with those certain people and you help them you help enough people get what they want you're going to eventually it's going to come back to you yeah and so so how this happened was i i was uh in five network groups i joined an organization called businesses for liberty i'm still a member of that and that's just supporting and bringing like-minded people together and so i had the idea so why don't we create a network organization for like-minded people yeah that was that was my first initial thought and so these other two people, um, Rick Burris, he, he owns Rick, uh, Rick Burris Coaching and Elizabeth Weaver. She owns a Weaver Kitchen and uh, she actually just started a, a community organization recently called Garden Givers, which helps the, the community um, for people who can't afford, you know, groceries and gives them all kinds of produce. It's amazing. So these two people have uh, were the first two that I talked to about this uh, idea. And they both said, yeah, I think this could work. And so I had the first meeting. They were both at the first meeting with six people in Taylor, South Carolina. Nice. And, I, you know, I said, man, if we can build it in Taylor's, we can build it anywhere. Right. And, 
<laughs> so kind of how this journey went was we started um so February of 2021, six people at the first meeting. And by uh, May, we had about 24 people coming on a regular basis. And I said, man, I got something here. And so I, I started charging uh, some dues for people to hold a specific seat for the industry in, in that chapter. Yeah. I formed an LLC, started putting together you know, writing down the specifics of the rules and the structure and how I want everything to be. Bought my first Liberty Networking banner. And then uh, about a month later in June, we started a second chapter. So yeah. by by December of uh, that year, we had six chapters. Wow. June of the next year, which was last year, we had 12 chapters. And so now it's, uh, you know, we're here in March uh, and I just launched the 16th chapter. Wow. So, that's crazy, man. Just, yeah, just within, just within a couple of year time span, 16 yeah, chapters. Yeah. All, all the, what I love about it is, you know, I'm not doing any marketing campaigns and stuff like this, this is all word of mouth, um, yeah. you know, social media and word of mouth, you know, people I know, um, I found some great leaders through the businesses for Liberty. I found great leaders just through people that know people. Um, and so, now we have 10 chapters here in the upstate of South Carolina, one in Columbia, one in Greenwood, three in Charleston. And then uh, the first out of state is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wow. So so 15 of them are in South Carolina. Correct. Yes. Wow. That I mean, I guess it shows that not only is our people desiring to do more networking especially more face-to-face getting to see people and getting to know people having real you know because so many people were cooped up for so long that they want to hey can i get a face-to-face and create real relationships again but also that you must be doing something right because there's a lot of other networking groups out there man but yours is exploding whereas yeah. i've seen a lot of the other ones uh where they're kind of on the decline yeah well i think uh Outside of the the structure and the people are what make it great. When you get down to it, that uh, Liberty Networking would not be what it is without the people that are involved. And I and I re- realize that up front. But one thing that I think definitely helped make us successful in the beginning was that people had been on Zoom for a year and they were sick of it. And mm. I have never and never planned to offer Zoom as an option. I say Zoom, a virtual meeting as an option. Yeah. Um, you know. In certain situations, I, I, you know, I do use virtual meetings, but not for Liberty Networking as a as a meeting. I want you to be face to face and, you know, get to know that person. There's a different energy when you get to see somebody face to face. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That that'll kind of be the next iteration of uh, of my podcast is probably if I can set up a studio and invite people in. But uh, it's one of those things like I just had to jump in and get stuff done, man. We talked about that earlier, but uh, yeah. Well, listen, man. So, so serial entrepreneur. Just within the last couple of years, you've you've done things. Did you have an entrepreneurial background, or or what's the spirit that made you? Because most people, when they get laid off, they're out there looking for another job. They're not like, hey, how am I gonna, how am I gonna start my own thing? Yeah, that's that's a great question, man. Um, no, I I really didn't have that modeled for me uh, growing up. I I have one uncle, and you know, he owned his own business, basically a dick ditch digger, but I mean, it was a, a large operation. Yeah. And so that was the one family that I saw, you know, that owned their own business and everything. But um, 
I think it was just the connections that I started making once I got into uh, networking that really I started to learn what yeah. entrepreneur was and and also doing merchant services and the networking all that it is I I found my true passion is getting to work with entrepreneurs and helping them mm-hmm. watching their business grow I really enjoy that but um man I just like well if I go get another job you know and this was a big company this was secure yeah. or whatever who's to say I'm not just going to get laid off again also my father-in-law has been in IT for many years and he's gotten laid off four or five times from various companies and I, I was like well, uh, I need to, I, I'm going to go do something where I can control my own future. Um, you know, there's no ceiling, there's no cap on my income and I can control my time. Yeah. The money, so money's not everything. Yeah. So you're around entrepreneurs all the time, Jimmy, and you, and you are an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. What are some of the challenges of entrepreneurship? Oh man, not, uh, <laughs> talking what to yourself. Are the, what are some of the ones that you've come, you've gone through personally? Yeah, well, I was going to say one thing I hear a lot of people say is not, talk, not talking themselves out of quitting <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> because it's not it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, I, I've got, uh, you know, friends that have started stuff and they're like, hey, you know, this just isn't for me. But at least they realize that instead of, you know, um, but but challenges is uh, being working on getting a new accounts you know, without being pushy, it's especially when you're starting out because you, yeah. you need income, you got to feed your kids, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got to buy you know, your mortgage and stuff. So, but yeah, uh, just building, being patient enough to build those relationships to where it's going to come back and in the long run is going to be very, very beneficial for you. Um, so that, that would be one thing. Um, so something that always, that always, uh baffled me, Jimmy. I don't know if it baffled me, but something I've always been curious about is the difference between some people talk about there's a power and focus, just do one thing, do it very well. And then there's serial entrepreneurs like yourself that can do two or three or four or five, you know, we've started several different businesses. How do you do that? How, what, what's the difference there? Yeah, I actually, I think about this a lot because <laughs> uh, I know um, I have a friend, he got a business coach and they, he told him to, he had about six businesses and he said, burn them all except for one. And that one is taken off like exponentially. But, you know, in in my experience, um, I feel like if if you have the time and the help to manage multiple, like when you start a business, you may not be fully involved in that business at all times, because if you find good leadership, you got to be willing to delegate. Yeah. And literally networking, I have really good leadership or I would not, there, there's no way I can go to 16 chapter meetings, right? Right. So, so that's part of is being being willing to delegate, um, but you never know which business is going to take off and be more successful. Right. Um, but also, I mean, I, credit card processing is not glamorous. But right. if I said, "Hey, this is this is who I am and this is what I do," then Liberty Networking would have never been birthed. Right. And so I feel like when I saw an opportunity that was doable and not that I had the answers for everything, but something, hey, I can figure this out. And uh, with with some help, reading good books, being around, you know, people who have been there, done that, that type of thing. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I took the uh, leap of faith, the. Uh, the challenge, whatever you want to call it. Um, again, you're, it's not going to happen just sitting there uh, watching 
TV with a bag of potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get out. Seem, and, and it seems like as long as all of these different ventures all are heading in the same direction, all have the same purpose or same vision or mission, right? Because you're, what you're doing for upstate um, merchant advocates lines up with what you're doing with Liberty Networking. And what, and then you, you mentioned, hey, well, this other thing spun out of something because of relationship. They all kind of are heading in the same direction. So that's where I feel like there, there can be perceived people that are serial entrepreneurs. Instead of I'm choosing one direction, then I'm heading in another and I'm heading in another. Um, at least you're always going in the same direction. You're just throwing on more things there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all connected. They're, they're um, vertical businesses, the way I see it, because Liberty right. Networking, uh, I get referrals for merchant services. I'm not out knocking doors anymore. Right. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think everybody should do it. You learn a lot from, right. from knocking doors. Um, but but yeah, they're vertical businesses. And and when I have a merchant services customer, like for instance, a restaurant called me and he's like, man, I need a, a plumber here now. And I called four or five and I got somebody, they were there in 30 minutes. So yeah. it works both ways for sure. Right. Well, listen, so let's, let's, let's switch topics here to, or, or let's switch, uh, let's pivot to, to the topic for the day. Uh, obviously you are the expert, I believe on networking. You talked about how, how to do networking properly. You were learning networking things. So let's start with, I mean, speak to the power of networking and then let's jump into maybe some tips and tricks and uh, how networking is done right and how you should show up and, and stuff like that. So go ahead and speak to that, Jimmy. Yeah, the, the power of networking, you never know. I've got so many stories about connections. You never know where one little connection can lead to something else. Yeah. Um, so and networking is much more than just being part of a network organization. Yes, that is a value, very valuable thing. But network in spheres of influence and interest that you have. Um, if you you like a certain team, you can start a Facebook group group for that local Facebook group, and you never know what's going. I know a realtor here locally that does that. He has also a barbecue club and a bourbon club. Those aren't networking groups, but networking right. comes out of those relationships that he builds. So that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, so think outside of the box and where can you connect with people? That's what it's all about, connecting with people. And a network organization specifically, when you have a chapter, if you got 10 or 20 people in that chapter, you're never going to do business with 100% of them. It's never going to happen. Yeah. I, I've never seen it. But the power of that is that each one of those people know on average 300 people. And whenever they talk to their friends, their customers, and their clients that need your goods or services, because you built that relationship and you meet with them on a regular basis, they're going to, you're going to be top of mind and you yeah. should get that referral. Right. Now you do have to uh, give to receive as well. You know, right. somebody gives you three referrals and, and they've never gotten anything, you know, then that, 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 uh, <laughs> that funnel might dry up, but yeah. So, and a lot of people say, like, well, I don't know how to give referrals. Well, that's, that's part of making connections, listening to what people need, ask them, Hey, I, you know what I tell people, is anything you need, I got a connection for you. Literally, yeah. I've been stumped a few times, but I still was able to figure it out. I can talk to enough people to where I can get them uh, something. And so when you make that connection, whether it's a referral or just a good referral connection, because you right. have referral partners as well, um, two industries that share a lot of the common uh, customers, basically. Uh, 
Um, When you make that connection, you are providing value to that person because you're helping them solve a problem. Yeah. I think there's also the uh, the value of just association in general, like you talked about, thinking outside of the box to connect with people, networking with people who have similar interests or similar values. You know, if you're if you're networking with or associating with people that are all moving forward in life, if nothing else, it's almost like you're being dragged along because they're moving forward. It's like the the yeah. the rising tide that raises all ships, right? For sure. Yeah. And you know, another thing is I, I see a. Uh, some people making mistakes with is not connecting with people in their own industry. Mm. If you go in and you say that's competition, I can't talk or work with that person. That's a huge mistake. Um, I can tell you right now, there's, there's a um, credit card processing company here. Uh, They're, they're not, they have local reps, but they're, you know, all over the place. I, I got to know about five or six of them and all of them got laid off. Wow. But, but through that, one of them, uh, he went with another processing company. He's now a member of Liberty Networking. He gave me a referral for a business that he couldn't write uh, yeah. for, for processing. Um, you know, I'm actually meeting with another local processing company about maybe doing some type of partnership next week. So you just never know. And also, say, uh, we'll use Handyman, for example. If you got two Handyman in the same organization, and they become friends and they say, hey, you do good work. I trust you. I am I am swamped. I'm too busy right now. Here's a referral. Can you take care of this for me? Yeah. Or, or, hey, I do everything inside a house, but I don't want to touch the roof. And, and you, you, you know, you can do a roof. Here, take this. That kind of stuff happens a lot, but you got to be open minded. You got to realize, hey, there is enough business for everybody. Right. Yeah, it's it's the. Uh, scarcity mentality versus the what is it the what's the opposite of that uh, selfish <laughs> no, you've got scarcity and then you've got abundance mentality that's what i was trying to think of abundance okay, mentality. so there's scarcity of of them of you don't want to talk to your competitors because you feel like there's only so many clients there's only so many prospects yeah. out there in the market and if i talk to my competitor and, and i try to partner with them in any way then i'm really hurting myself well man there's there's more more than enough clients out there there's more than enough money out there there's more than enough people out there if we like you said just just the two handymen that are that are doing the same thing if if they're just doing punch list and they're carpenters or whatever one guy may say well man i really love doing molding uh, and you really you you do fences and decks really well so, so any fences and decks that I can, if you throw me a couple of molding jobs, I'll throw you fences and decks and then they can almost specialize more, 100%. Do, do the things they love doing and that they're good at doing and they can do quicker and make actually make more profit because they're just being prop, more efficient with their time. And look, you don't need everybody to buy your product or service. No. I, I mean, 1% of your city could change your life. I mean, I, I was just listening right. to, uh, I listened to one of the podcasts is how I built this. I love learning how entrepreneurs started businesses. And uh, today I was listening to um, Sam Samuel Adams, the beer, uh, mm. Boston Lager. And he he said, do you know what my market share is? And the host said, oh, it's probably 10 or 15% of the of the United States. He said, it's 1%. Yeah. And he said, so we got a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're right. 1% of the market can can be huge. Yep. So uh, you mentioned mistakes that people make, and we talked about not not talking with people in your own industry. What are some other mistakes you see people, whether it be rookie networkers or people that are just trying to check into networking? What are some other things that they're doing wrong? And then how how do you think, what are some hacks, some tricks that people can do to do networking great? 
So <clears throat> to answer the first question, the first two mistakes I, I see people and I tell everybody, especially if they're new, this is this is a two things I tell everybody. One is be authentic. And two, do not sell at a network meeting. If if you're trying to be someone else or act someone that, that you're not at a network meeting, that's a huge mistake. And number two is selling your product or services before you're building a relationship. You know, even on social media, they say if you're posting uh, in a Facebook group or on your page or whatever, at least, you know, one out of 10 should be an ask, not mm. nine out of 10. Right. Right. And and so, you know, I, I was with a friend a couple of weeks ago and she said, you know, I, I met with this other we probably met 10 times before I even knew what she did. We were just building relationships. Yeah. And, and that that's that's really the key there. So, yeah, um, that that would be the, the two biggest is be authentic and don't sell. Don't come in with a what can I get from you attitude. Start with how can I help you? What can I get? What can I do for you? Yeah. Um, and listen, those people are in every in every network meeting I've been in. And there's at least one and people know it right away. The sell so, the people that are selling or that are just asking just there for themselves, just there for themselves. They know it right away. So I, you know, just go in and say, "Hey, I'm just here to learn." Uh, you know, there. You know, another thing too is a lot of people uh, I see joining the network organizations. Not all of them are in it for 100 just to try to get all the referrals they can. But a big value is because it can help their customers especially if they're new to the area, they got customers or they themselves need a plumber, electrician, or a painter. Well, you join it and you have all those connections immediately. Yeah. Um, and then as far as uh, tips and, and hacks, um, you know, basically always have some cards with you, uh, business cards, or I use a, a digital card. I'll get somebody's card and I'll, I will text them or email them my, my digital card. I find that to yeah. be, uh, you know, very useful. Um, and I was about to ask you if you're a big believer in uh, physical business cards now, or, you know, now that we're in the digital age, you feel like digital cards are just as good. Yeah, I think they're just as good. Um, you know, it's say you can, I send it to somebody they can click a button and download it to their phone right there. Um, right. You know, I, I do have some cards and I will pass them out occasionally, but it's not something that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I ain't got no cars. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. believe in that that's necessary. Um, and let's see what else you said. Uh, where were we at? Tips and hacks. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this, because yeah. a lot of times I am I am naturally introverted, Jimmy. And I feel like I don't know if you are or not or if you're a natural extrovert. But, man, there's this fear of just introducing yourself and speaking to a new person you've never met before at networking events. Right. You yes. you want to you want to find that one person you already know and latch onto them and chat with them at the network. But what how do you overcome that, first of all? And what are some tips to get icebreakers or whatever it may be to, to introduce yourself to new people? Well, that's that's great. I'm actually uh, personally, I'm an extrovert, um, but. I have come to believe after, you know, two years running network organization, 50 to 60 percent of people are uh, introverts in the organization, Um, but they got a business to run and they got to figure it out. And there's actually books out there networking for uh, introverts and things like that. So you can definitely look those up. Um, So to start with, a good network organization or chapter is going to introduce that 
person to somebody that would be valuable for them to know when they walk in the door. Hey, my name is, what do you do? Okay. You need to come meet this person. Mm-hmm. That helps alleviate some of that stress or, or whatever, you know, as far as that person. Um, but, you know, you can do a little bit of homework. You know, what is the chapter? Who's in the chapter you're going to visit? If it's, uh, you know, versus you can't really do that with a social meetup. Um, yeah. But think about, you can set yourself some goals. Okay. I want to make three quality contacts or five quality contacts. You know, I'm not trying to meet everybody there. Who, who are a few good people that we can be good referral partners for? Right. And, and meet those people. Um, if you go with somebody, you know, that maybe is an extrovert, ask them to introduce you to people. So yeah. there, there's some tips and some ways around that. But if, if you go to a network meeting and you're sitting there and there's 15 people and nobody has really introduced themselves, that might not be the one for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. There. That's, that's where I feel like a lot of them are on the decline because I feel like, especially over the, the, the pandemic or, or when, when they, things started shutting down and people started going more virtual, I feel like a lot of these people kind of got either lazy or they just started stop stopping to do the things that they, that they were doing initially. Um, and, you know, it just comes down to, you know, getting to know somebody, creating that relationship. It's, it is, like you said, it's very, you have to be selfless at first. Yes. You have to say we're adding value first. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the guests we had on the podcast, we talked about, man, if you give, if you're adding value first, then you can receive value. If you're just going out there asking for value and being a taker there, you ain't going to get that far. That That's in all things in life. I a hundred percent agree. You know, and I'll, I'll say another, another tip or whatever you want to call it is appearance, man. Um, you know, don't, don't go in there like you're at a, you know, <laughs> a Star Wars bar scene going into Walmart or something, you know, <laughs> uh, I, now I personally, I don't, I don't wear the tie and tuck in my shirt. I've done that for years and and I don't have to anymore. So I'm not going to, Yeah. but you know, wear, wear a nice collared shirt and, and sure. some nice jeans or something, you know, uh, don't go in there with, you know, holes all in your shirt and all that. Even if, I mean, if you do landscaping, I get it. You're working, you're probably going straight to work after that, but change your shirt or something or right, whatever. Right. Um, and then, Another key thing to building the relationship outside of, so outside of the meeting, um, what we in Liberty Networking refer to as uh, RBMs, which stands for Relationship Building Meetings. This is where you're meeting with someone, a one-to-one, just you and that person for lunch or coffee or whatever, and getting to know each other. That's where the real magic happens. Usually a network meeting is really a show, not a show, but it's it's really for the guests. It's to introduce them. You see each other on a on a consistent basis. But if you really want to do this the right way, you need to build these relationships outside of the meetings. And you schedule these as often as your your schedule allow. And you just sit down and you you go in with start with uh let them ask the first question and let them end with the last question. Yeah, let them talk first and end last. Yeah. But you just listen to them and you learn, okay. Uh so a lot of times you'll find, especially these days, maybe you can't give a referral or you haven't been able to give them a referral for their direct business, but a lot of people have side gigs. And yeah. you're like, oh man, I know three people that can use that service. So yeah. that's the the because in a meeting, they're only going to talk about that one thing. They've only got, you know, depending on the network organization. Uh, we allow three minutes, but most of them give you 30 seconds. You don't yeah. have time to talk about anything else. Right. Right. 
So when you when you get these meetings outside of that, that's where the magic happens. That's where you get to say, okay, oh man, I know your kids' names, your dogs, you know, you know where you grew up. You get to learn all these things outside of business, and then the referrals and thinking about them, keeping them top of mind for their goods and services, comes more natural the longer the more you do that. So during one of these one-on-one, what did you call it? Business meeting, uh, business RBM relationship building meeting relationship building meetings uh, during these one-on-ones what are some of the questions that you that you delve into to try to because it's obviously you don't want to just get to know them on a professional level you're like you said I want to get I know their kids names I know where they grew up where they went to high school things yeah. how do you how do you get it personal and professional and keep that balance what are some questions you delve into well that's really gonna kind of depend on the person and how how um kind of how the vibe you have for, with each other too. Yeah. Um, as far as, as how personal or deep you get. But on, on the first meeting, it's going to be some pretty basic general stuff. But the more you do it, the more questions you can say, OK, you know, how's how's your mom doing? I know you told me she's sick. You know, is she how's she doing? So you can get more in depth because you're building those relationships. But, you know, OK, yeah, you do real estate. You know, I know a 100 people that do real estate. What makes you different? Right. Why? Out of all the real estate agents here in Greenville, what sets you apart? Do you specialize in something? Maybe, maybe this person does, you know, I only work with homes that are 5,000 and over, or they only do land or, I mean, there, there could be a hundred different scenarios, yeah. but what makes you stand out? And then that helps you to think about referrals too, for them yeah. down the road. Um, you know, also outside of what, uh, what helps you stand out? Like what ask them specifically, what is a good referral for you? Do you have a specific target market? Um, you know, when you say I can help anybody, you typically get nobody. Um, so even if I can't make a referral, like I don't know somebody right now who specifically needs this goods or services. What I do my best is to try to make a connection. Who are, is there a business so I asked them, is there a business or a specific person in the area that you're trying to connect with a, mm. a certain type of industry? And they like, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I could really, I really work well with financial advisors. Boom. Okay. Here, I'm going to send you a text introduction to, to my friend, John Vanderhoek right here. Yeah. Boom. It's done. So, and, and you can do this on text, Facebook, LinkedIn, or email. It, it's all basically the same format. I say, Hi, John. This is my friend, Jane. Uh, she she owns a uh, payroll company and she's looking to connect with financial advisors. And then I go, hey, Jane, this is my friend, John. He is a financial advisor. I wanted to connect you two here. So because I think you'll be able to help each other yeah. and I let them take it from there. Yeah, I'm not responsible for the follow up, but um, right. I've done my job uh, and uh and follow-up's huge too. I know we hadn't really got into that, but if I give a referral to somebody and they don't follow up with them, you think they're going to get another one? Right. So, yeah, I'm with you there uh, because you're, you're kind of, it's all the, your first couple of referrals are almost tests to see how are they going to treat these people that I'm sending to them? hundred percent. Even if they do follow up, are they doing a good job? Are they, are they communicating? Yeah. You know, yeah. things happen and you got to reschedule, but if you don't let your client know, that's not good communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, that, that kind of jumps off to uh, another point that I really wanted to make was you chose the name Liberty and you've talked a lot about 
freedom and how you love the the freedom in our country and you know even walking into businesses and not wearing your mask things like that i i want to talk about just liberty in general uh, i i read a study recently and I, it was published two years ago i think in 2019 that 40 percent of college graduates think that socialism is preferable to capitalism well that's sad and i know that you've got a deep uh, this deep desire in your heart, you've got this deep uh, draw towards freedom and liberty and capitalism. Can you speak a little bit to that? Like what, what are, what are some reasons? And maybe you, maybe you know a lot about it. Maybe you, maybe you're, you're studied on it. I don't know, but, but I'd love to know, like, first of all, why liberty? What about that concept fires you up? Well, uh, first of all, people need to go look up the definition of liberty and freedom. They are two separate things. Um, you know, actually on our application for Liberty Networking, it, what is what does the word freedom mean to you? That's one of our questions. Yeah. And all, uh, more than often, uh, it just says freedom, which I mean, OK, yes. But what does that mean to you? Mm. Right. Liberty is. Is not just freedom, but it's the freedom to do the things that you feel are your God given rights and how you want to how if where I want to go worship. Uh, how I want to school my kids. I, I We homeschool our four kids. Uh, so I believe in school choice. That's liberty. Uh, medical freedom, whether you want to get the jab or not, that's that's your liberty of choice. If you want to wear a mask and, uh, you know, or not, that's liberty. Um, so I don't believe in saying you can't do this, but I'm I'm against you telling me I have to do this. Right. Mm, right. So so liberty in a in a broad sense. And look, I, I meet people all the time, not even from just other countries, um, people joining Liberty Networking all the time from, you know, New York, New Jersey, Nevada, uh, Washington and California, Seattle, all those all those areas. And they're like, you have no idea how good you got it here. And I said, well, I haven't been to those places, but I've heard enough stories. And I just say, welcome to God's country. That's what I tell them about South Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have even though we did go through a. a a, a pretty minor shutdown compared to other places. Um, I, I did not, uh, you know, bow to the government or however you want to say it. You know, I'm not out to make a fight, right. but you're not going to come in and trample on my liberties and right. and tell me how I'm, I'm going to raise my family. Right. Um, you know, so those that, freedoms that is, really, really, those freedoms weren't given to you by the government. Those freedoms were recognized by the government. Those freedoms were given to you by God. Absolutely. Hundred percent, and that and that's why, and that's why I've been with businesses for liberty for two years. That's the time you you to be a member. You have to say, "I am pro liberty, I am pro freedom, I am pro life, uh, I am pro history." History is another one. A lot of people, you know, in public school systems are not being taught the real history, right? Um, the true history of what really happened, and um, so so all these things. Um, I, I definitely, you know, personally stand up for. Look. One of the big things I was just talking with a friend from uh, he came from Russia yesterday. Uh, we were having an RBM and uh, he said, you know, one of the big things that sets America apart is uh, the Second Amendment, our gun rights. I said, absolutely. I agree. You know, you take that away. We're no different than any other country. Yeah. And and that that was that was I, I believe God inspired in part of our Constitution for a reason. Right. It's so but, funny. You talk about history is so big because it, a lot of people in a lot of colleges nowadays are teaching history through the lens of presentism. I don't know what, if that's what you call it, but they're, they're judging former people based on 
societal standards we have now. Right. They're saying, oh, let's cancel Christopher Columbus because X, Y, Z. Let's cancel. Let's cancel all the founding fathers because they had slaves. Well, back during that time, how many 200 years from now, how many people are going to say, let's cancel you because you had an iPhone and there were people in uh, a foreign country making that little. I don't know if you call them slaves or but miners making your Nike tennis shoes. I I mean, it's people are going to talk about us in that in those same respects. But it's, hey, this is a societal norm. And really, some of us don't even know these things that are going on. Some of us don't even know that the sweatshop that, that this is being made in or whatever. It's just, and and we may not have known that they were right or wrong, but it's just things get, things change over time. It's called progress, right? If they were born back then, they probably would have been the same way, but they're, they're viewed it. Let's cancel this. Let's cancel that. And I think that when we cancel all these people, we forget the lessons that we've learned from them. Yes. You don't, you, you don't change history. Not all history is good, but you take down uh, all these statues and everything uh, and some of them are, are great representations. Some of them are bad. But sure. if you take it down, you're erasing what you said, the lessons and the learn what you can learn. Is a rem- it's a reminder. It was right. put there for a reason right. to begin with. And. Uh, yeah, and, and I am definitely not a fan of the cancel culture that that uh, I can't stand that if you want to cancel something. Uh, uh, let's say uh, vote with your your dollars and shop mm-hmm. local and cancel some of these. Do you have to buy everything at Amazon? No, you don't. Right. I always start with Liberty Networking. What can I support? Who can I support locally? And then I, I look at uh, Businesses for Liberty or or the Veteran Business Bureau, um, these veteran-owned companies and these patriotic companies. And and that's that's kind of where I like to start. Um, you know, obviously there it's 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 difficult this day and time, and you got about twelve companies that literally own everything. Yeah. Uh, and I and I say everything. Generally, all all of you go to a grocery store is about twelve companies that own just about everything in that store. <laughs> so it is difficult. But if you're willing to um, make a little bit of sacrifice and support those businesses and give them your money, right? Uh, that can go a long way. Right. Yeah, I love how you say voting with your dollar. It's yeah. That's really at the end of the day, you're that's what capitalism is about. We get the well, choice and we get to we get to we get to push we we get to talk we get to promote the things we want to by voting with our dollar. My uh, my friend Eric Corcoran, he's the one that started businesses for liberty. He's an Irish immigrant and came over to California with his family and now he lives in South Carolina. And what I love he says is when you every time you pull out your wallet and you make a purchase, you're either supporting liberty or tyranny. Wow. I haven't been to a Starbucks. I can't tell you when the last time when they came out and they said, I don't want Christians in our stores. I said, fine. I, I never, I, I'm not going back. Yeah. They said that three or four years ago, uh, the CEO did. And I, I'm not going to support something like that. Wow. I didn't yeah. even know he said, see, part of this is just ignorance too. Right. Part of, part sure. of the reason that the things is I did not, I've never, wasn't aware of that. I did. Yeah. I'd never heard that story. So I'm going to, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to go yeah. check that out because absolutely, I do a well, lot of meetings at Starbucks and it's, it's yeah, I might yeah. have to change that. Yeah. I, I try always go to a, a local coffee shop. It's kind of my second office, if you will, a yeah. lot of yeah. local coffee shops. So, but yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of stuff and, and we're not going to know it all. The companies aren't going to tell the smart ones aren't going to just say anything political, but the ones that do, you can say, well, man, I, you know, I, that doesn't align with my values, whichever side you're on. Yeah. And so I'm not going to support that with my dollars. Yeah. I personally find it harder and harder to uh, to support Disney. It's just they've come out with so many crazy things. Man. 100%. That, that's one of the big ones. If you look up 
you Google um, Disney, what does Disney own or something? They have a graph and it's a Mickey Mouse head and they own so many businesses. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, and a yeah. lot of the ones that we grew up and we loved, you know, the the Disney cartoons and the Star Wars and ESPN. Yeah. I mean, they there's so many things that we grew up loving these things. And yet them as a company, I don't know if it's the wokeness or whatever, um, but man, I just, the more and more they come out with public statements, the more and more I'm like, man, I just don't, I, that it rubs against me the wrong way. Yeah. And, and so since the uh, pandemic has happened, um, there, there have been more people, if you will, waking up to these types of things. I, I've always said, you know, it feels like there's a lot of zombies walking around. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, figuratively, you know, they're just, I get up, I go to work, you know, I go get my kid from day school and then, you know, I might go to church on the weekend, but they don't, they're not paying attention to things going on outside of that. And um, so I, I've seen a lot more people waking up and they're like, so you're wanting me to wear a mask and it literally says on the box that it doesn't prevent viruses. And yeah. so when you get people that actually look at the facts, they start to wake up. Yeah. And not only that, but then studies came out months later saying that the the social distancing didn't work, but we're still telling people to stay, stand six feet apart. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I give a hug every chance I get. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Some of the, I mean, just, it's so crazy. I feel like part of that was, was I think that there are certain entities that were testing, Hey, how quickly will people give up their freedoms? Mm. I a hundred percent agree. I believe a lot of that was a test and how far, how many people can we get to obey? Um, you know, I know and not only, not only obey, but then even push that on other people and judge them for not obeying. Look, go go get the audio book, 1984, if you haven't l- read or listened to that. And uh, that might be a wake up call. It's it's very telling. And uh, but yeah, no, I, I really do believe uh, there there's obviously more stuff that's going to come down. And they've already come out with the, the monkey pox or what. I don't even know. There's so many of them. You got chicken. Every, everybody's got a pox now or a virus. Um, so who knows what, what they got coming down next. But how how much of the. Uh, population is just going to comply with whatever they're told. You know, again, people, I think people part of it is ignorance themselves. too. Yeah. yeah, you're right. People don't think for themselves. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful and blessed that I've been around other people that, that do understand and do think and are in the know, but some of it is just ignorance. You know, if, if you're told, Hey, listen, you need to put on this mask because it's going to save people and people are dying if you don't put on this mask. And if you, if you aren't thinking for yourself and you're like, Oh, well, I, you're, you really do it out of a heart of you're trying to do the best thing for the world. Yes. And, like, and oh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting on this mask because I'm saving lives. I'm getting the vaccine because I'm saving lives. But the truth, there, there's not. They, 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 there, they there's people that done, are telling you these things that are p- passing it down on high that are just twisting things. Well, it was very well known and documented that, you know, the news media, Fox included, CNN, they're. Their marketing arms for the government and and all of these, whatever, however you want to, what terms you want to put to that, they all have a narrative and they all say the same thing. And they say, well, you wear a mask, you're going to save a life. But people haven't thought for themselves or done any research for them. They were just told that and they're like, I shall comply, you know. Um, but no, I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I can't remember what I was going to say there, Jimmy. 
<laughs> I was thinking you, what you, something you just said made me think of something. Well, hey, listen, let's let's pivot here real quick because I, I do. We've got a few minutes left. I want to promote your companies. We've talked a little bit about net, Liberty Networking, and people can find you at libertynetworking.org. Yes. Right. Um, what what makes a good uh, some, somebody that would be a good part of Liberty Networking? Is it is it just entrepreneurs? Is it salespeople? What who all makes a good fit for Liberty Networking? Yeah, so I like to say like minded entrepreneurs and professional salespeople. And that's not saying we're not asking who you voted for. We're, we're asking, do you value liberty? So our, our so our two core values is liberty and integrity. Hmm. Uh, our mission statement is Liberty Networking grows businesses by promoting entrepreneurs that um, that promote liberty and operate with integrity. Yeah. Uh, and then our our core focus is building authentic long-term relationships. So that's really what we're looking for entrepreneurs and professional salespeople. Yeah. A lot of times we, we will have um, someone who owns a business and, and maybe they don't have the time that they'll put one, two or three people in separate, you know, chapters uh, yeah. of their salespeople. So, so yeah, anybody that, Hey, you value freedom. You, you just, you're a Liberty minded person, but you also operate with integrity. Um, you're welcome. Anybody's welcome to visit. Uh, you know, I had this kind of thought in my head when I first started, I didn't do anything on social media with Liberty networking, uh, for, for a, several months because I was like, man, I don't want the, whatever the wrong person is. And I was like, you know what? Anybody is welcome. Yeah. And if they don't agree with our mission statement, they're going to weed themselves out anyways. Right. Right. Uh, and now let's, let's chat a little about SNS certifications. You said this is something yeah. you recently started. It's uh, your tell, speak about that. Yeah. yeah so it's uh, it, this was actually not my idea, but the very first guy that I, my very first client Mexican restaurant, his name's Gustavo. Um, he came to me uh, about a year ago or so. And he said, Hey, you know, I've noticed that nobody is teaching uh, food handling certifications in Spanish. And I said, well, that's interesting. So we've been talking about it. And SafeServe is a, is a national organization. They teach, they have people that teach these classes. You have to be certified with them to teach the classes. Yeah. And well, we both thought this was a great idea. We don't have time to do it, you know. Um, but I thought, you know, this is something that we could possibly pursue. And through networking, which is another how these connections happen, right? Um, I met a lady who moved here last year from Mexico City. And we, I told her about the idea and she's like, I think I could do that. So she went and got certified on her own. She's done all her own education on how to teach it. And so she's a perfect fit and the right person to make this happen. Yeah. She owned a cooking school for 12 years in Mexico. So she got certified. So right now we're working on getting our first class, which is going to be next month, uh, actually scheduled. It's going to be in Greenville. So we can attract people from Spartanburg and Anderson as well. But there's nobody doing classes, these classes in Spanish on a regular basis. So it's an untapped market. And I just said, you know, that I don't seems have to, crazy. I mean, it does, but we don't have inventory. I don't have to physically be there. I just promote the class. She's going to go teach it. I pay her. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it, it's a it, it to me, it was like a no brainer. It seemed like a win win. So, yeah. Uh, so anyone anyone who's having to go through safe serve certifications, which I mean, look at all the Mexican restaurants here in the upstate. Well, yes, but there's a lot of Hispanics that that work in all different restaurants, not just Mexican. Oh, yeah. I mean, at right? the Chinese restaurant I eat at, the guy, the guy that's flipping the knives behind the counter, yeah. he's Mexican too. Right. And not every not every person in a restaurant has to be certified. What South Carolina requires, while that restaurant is open, at least one person who is certified has to be working that shift. 
Wow. So it depends on how large a staff you have in your hours. So you can have multiple people, but it's typically at least the manager and the head chef. But other people can take it and, you know, servers can take it if they just because it is more than just food handling. It does encompass how to have a good experience at a restaurant. It's an eight hour class. So we're, yeah. we're talking about a lot of information. Is that a full day class or is it over multiple days? Yeah, no, it's a, it's eight to five. Typically, gotcha. well, eight eight to three is the actual class, and then you can give them a couple hours to take the quiz, the the test that Safe Serve has to certify. Yeah, so they give that to the state to say this person is certified. Gotcha. Uh, and Upstate Merchant Advocates, this is something that uh, you started doing merchant services uh, even before Liberty Networking. Yes. Do you do you have a specific? You know, you ask people what what sets you different. What what are you looking for? If yeah. if any of our clients are out there going, hey, who do I know? Or maybe I'm a fit for this. What what do you feel like makes a good customer for Upstate Merchant Advocates? Yeah, so I'm an independent payment process provider, and uh, my goal is to help businesses to run efficiently and pay less in monthly processing fees. So technically, I can help anybody that is accepting cards from mobile transactions to invoicing e-commerce and full POS point of sale systems for retail and restaurant, online ordering and delivery for restaurants. So I don't want to say anybody, but, um, you know, restaurants are always a good, I like working with restaurants. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't do a whole lot with the POS, but I do have multiple options. I'm not locked into one. So that's one thing that makes me different. So you're not a captive agent where you've only got one. Right. Let me sell you this one thing. You yeah. can be more a consultant where you're, let me ask what you're doing and all that kind of stuff to find out what's best for you. Yeah. I, like I got three restaurants now that are looking to switch their POS system and they all started as an online ordering and delivery customer for me, but I don't go to them and say, Hey, do you like this? This is what I offer. I got, I say, Hey, let's do demos for these five different POS, which one, it doesn't matter. I'm not making money on, you know, which one they go with. That's with the individual company. Uh, So, um, so yeah, that's, that's one, one way that I'm very different uh, as opposed to some of the other, you know, representatives out here. Right. Very cool. Well, Jimmy, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you sharing your, uh, sharing your fire, sharing your passion and sharing your freedom with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for the opportunity. One, one final question. You said there's a difference between liberty and freedom. What is that? Man, so freedom, you can be free to do something without having the liberty to do it. And like I said earlier, go look up the definitions. They are not exact same. They are intertwined, but they are two different things. So freedom is the is the theory, whereas liberty means I can actually take, take advantage of my freedoms that I have. Right. Thanks for listening to the Success in South Carolina podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over. Are you still listening? Check out the next episode.